Hi everyone, welcome to OCBC Insights. I'm Ziqi, an analyst at OCBC Credit Research Team. We will spend some time today discussing the REIT market. In 2020, we saw the big REITs get bigger. REITs pursue opportunities abroad, uneven recovery across the various property types, and more REIT perpetuals being issued. First, big gets bigger. Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust, CICT, is the biggest S-REIT that was created last year. Based on market cap of the REITs across SGX, we have a handful of big REITs and a lot more smaller ones. The big REITs are growing substantially and pulling away from the pack. CICT and Ascenders REIT together make up over one quarter of the REIT market by market cap, while more than half of the REITs by count have a market cap of $1.5 billion or less. We think it is arguable that a dichotomy is forming in the REIT market. This trend also brings to attention how small REITs may struggle to compete and fall further behind. They may also become acquisition targets in the future. As the big REITs get bigger, they become more diversified across property types and geographies, leaving us with fewer pure play REITs. Next, REITs have been growing through inorganic opportunities. And this brings us to the point on REITs building on their overseas footprint. We think this can be partly attributed to the rich property valuation onshore and the lack of suitable targets, which have pushed the REITs to pursue opportunities elsewhere. All the transactions that took place in 2020 by the REITs were overseas transactions, except for Capital REITs acquisition of Capital Bay Tower from its sponsor. We think most high-quality and attractive real estate assets across Singapore are already held by the REITs and corporations. Therefore, local opportunities are limited and harder to come by. As such, we expect REITs to continue to pursue opportunities abroad this year. Moving on to uneven recovery, the different property segments have been impacted by COVID-19 to varying extents. Travel restrictions have hurt the hospitality sector. Stay-at-home orders have negatively impacted both the retail and the industrial sector, though in different ways. Working from home have transformed the office sector. Some of the pain may be brief, while others may have cast a long shadow resulting in an uneven recovery. Ranked from the most resilient to the least in relation to the pandemic, industrial comes in first, followed by office, then retail and hospitality assets. Industrial assets have generally held up well through 2020, and this is likely to continue despite some pockets of concerns over SME tenants. Upside for industrial properties, though, is kept in our view as we expect supply to come back with much of the expected supply in 2020 pushed to 2021 and 2022. Data centers were particularly resilient given their long leases and the hyper-digitalization observed across the nation. Warehouses saw healthy demand underpinned by increased stockpiling and e-commerce activities. While deeds were recorded in other industrial assets such as business parks, they were mild. Having said that, going forward, we expect vacancies to increase for multi-user factory and warehouses given the impending supply. Industrial REITs typically own a mix of industrial assets. Therefore, overall performance would differ depending on its exposure though we see limited downside risk. 
For office assets, remote working has become widely accepted following the pandemic. Unlike the bleak employment outlook which can be temporary, we think the shift in psychology to embrace remote working is here to stay. It is expected to have a ripple effect through the office sector as management adjusts their operations plan and real estate footprint. Large corporates, which have historically been highly sought after high-quality tenants, are also the group of tenants who are most likely to adopt a hybrid operating model and reduce their office spaces. Despite the ongoing changes, it is also not our base case scenario that large corporations will blatantly give up office spaces. In fact, we think office spaces may see new beginnings. Our longer-term view is that the companies will continue to anchor the workforce in office spaces but adjust the nature of the office spaces to complement working from home. Instead of office being spaces packed with desks, it may evolve to become space employers use to create an environment for employees to congregate in person, to build culture, forge bond, and generate ideas. Balancing all the factors, we think all these put office rates at risk of occupancy rates dipping along with rental rates in the short term. For the retail sector, even though the recovery in tenant sales have outperformed the recovery in footfall, both metrics remain below pre-COVID-19 levels. The suburban malls clock stronger performance relative to the malls located in the core central region as they provide necessities for residents in the area and naturally have repeat patrons leading to better performance, especially in times of crisis. While recoveries on the charts given the low base, the broad trend for physical retailing remains weak. In 2020, only two trade sectors saw better performance. They are your supermarkets and tech equipment. Simultaneously, online sales picked up significantly. Supporting our view that online sales is a leakage from the brick and mortar stores, the sales value generated by brick and mortar stores was down. Broadly, we continue to experience structural changes within the retail landscape and are of the view that online sales will continue to grow. Over time, we expect more efficient, reliable and affordable delivery services to continue to enhance the attractiveness of online shopping. Though this does not equate to the end of physical retailing, we think our society would arrive at a new equilibrium where one engages in both depending on preferences and needs, and with that, we expect offerings available at shopping malls to evolve. Finally, the retail sector will continue to experience pain, where non-performing tenants will depart and the mall may have to accept negative rental reversion to bring in new tenants for the time being. On to the last segment, hospitality. While the sector remains in the eye of the storm, we expect good recovery in room rates and occupancy at hotel assets located in cities and countries that have managed to contain the spread of the virus. Big countries also benefit from domestic tourism, which can partially offset the impact of international travel restrictions. For owners and operators of hospitality assets, survival during this period continues to be a key focus. International visitor arrival to Singapore plunged, though hotel occupancy was buffered by guests serving stay-home notices and foreign workers who are unable to travel out of the country. Going forward, the focus for Singapore is on gradual recovery. Key players along with the government have jointly established a roadmap to safely host MINDS events and, are, and encouragingly, Singapore will be hosting the World Economic Forum this year. Finally, 2020 was a record year for perpetual securities with a total of $1.1 billion issued. 
This is the largest in history. Interestingly, all of them were raised in the second half of 2020, where rates were low. Some of the perpetual issued were to refinance existing perpetuals which were due for first call, while others came from first-time issuers looking to manage their capital structure. With that, we have come to the end of the podcast. We hope you find it useful. Thank you. This has been a podcast from OCBC Bank. Follow us on Spotify for more episodes like the one you've just heard.